Now this is a story all about how JB's life got flipped upside down. I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there, and tell y'all how JB came to not own Clyde Edward Alaire. <laughs> In West Richmond, JB was born and raised on the ice rink is where he spent most of his days skating, shooting, and acting all cool. All grown up now, he's teaching at the school. When a couple of guys who were up to no good started playing fantasy in his neighborhood. He got one little first pick, then he got scared. He said to Sean Watson, not Clyde Edward Alaire. He looked at Julio and Sanders and Kels. But Deshaun Watson was for him, nobody else. <laughs> if anything, he didn't think CEH was rare. So he said, nah, fuck it. Connor, have Clyde Edward Alaire. <laughs> he pulled up the league page, placed seven or eight. He yelled at the screen, that shit ain't great. But this was his kingdom, he was finally there. A shit roster without Clyde Edward Alaire. <laughs> Ooh, oh, you, you hate to see it. You hate to see it. Oh, man. The chef's back, firing up the take machine this morning, and he's on one. He's buzzing. We had football back. We had 17,000 people in the stadium, masked up, tomahawk chopping. The fucking irony in a moment of silence for minorities followed by the tomahawk chop oh baby football's back football is back in a big way ah. all right the the chef's gonna go uh we're going draft recap i know uh harold threw some ranks in there i know the people are waiting on the pod man to fire up uh, his power rankings, but I want to walk through the draft. I think it's still uh, it's still relevant to do so. Season hasn't started yet. It's just fun to do. So let's just go straight to that first round. Let's just let's just talk about the first round because it's like the chef always says: when you have a zone scheme runner coming from. Moving into the best offense in the NFL with a coach who runs his LaShawn McCoy-esque type running backs into the ground, you gotta pass on him. You gotta pass on him. You have to. There's no way you can take that guy. There's no way you could take a guy who came from a national championship winning Joe Brady run zone scheme rush attack who is a great receiver out of the backfield. Then you put him as a first round draft pick into the best offense arguably the NFL has ever seen. You got to pass. You got to pass. I mean, you can't you can't take that guy. This is just, you can't do it. And last night we saw the floor. We literally saw the floor. We saw six men in the box. 
He had 10 runs for 96 yards and a score. He's over nine yards a carry with with uh, with a run positive script, and he caught zero passes, and allow the chef to be the guy to remind everybody that uh, that targets are worth more than carries, and. And we didn't even see him on third down. We didn't see him with dump offs. We didn't see him. We didn't see him touch it all in open space. The this guy's got a legit chance at one zero one for the next three four years. So you hate to see it. You hate to see it. But uh, round one's best selection was Mister. Uh, I mean. A guy with a name like Clyde, like, he just fucks. He literally just fucks. Like, you, sometimes you just got to throw all the analysis out the window and you got to be like, yo, this guy's name is Clyde and it's hyphenated. Get him on my team. Just big picture, micro or macro perspective shit. So the first round's best pick, Clyde Edward. Close second runner-up. Was for me Chris Godwin at nine. I know Julio was a screaming value. I know Kelsey's a screaming value. I'm not one for the quarterbacks in the first, um, but Chris Godwin has a chance to BWR one overall. Even though that offense is actually worse than it was last year, but he he's got a chance to to be a keeper forever kind of thing like. DeAndre Hopkins style for five years kind of deal. Anyways, moving on. Round two for us. Round four in uh, in general. Favorite pick here was A.J. Brown. Uh, I think A.J. Brown has the exact same ceiling and age and profile as, uh, as Chris Godwin does. And A.J. Brown had basically the highest uh, rookie production for yards per attempt, yards per catch, some shit like that in the history of the NFL in the last eight games. So, I mean, he's just got screaming sky-high ceiling. And and as the chef uh, has been known to preach, he, he preaches ceiling, not floor. Um, so, I'm, I'm feeling that. Round three. Uh, interesting one here. I think everyone's way too low on DJ Moore. Um, he's got a legit chance to do uh, exactly what Justin Jeffries did in Joe Brady's LSU offense last year, but for Carolina. And I think Teddy Bridgewater, well, clearly, based on my drafting of him and such, I think Teddy Bridgewater has a has a good chance to be a, a fringe QB1. Uh, in that QB 12 to 15 range this year, just based on the system, based on how bad the defense is, based on the tempo with which they're going to play, and all of that points in favor of DJ Moore. I mean, project him for 10-ish carries, 80-ish catches. I mean, he had one of the quietest uh, 1,200-yard seasons last year, and nobody cared about it. Um... Yeah. Next round, uh, round six here. Um, 
I don't really know how to feel about this round, to be honest. Uh, I think Mark Andrews has a very good chance at being tight end one overall. Do I think it necessarily matters? Mm, maybe not. Uh, just given the depth of positions in which we play in terms of all the flex spots and the OP and that sort of deal. So I look at this and I go, who is the unsexy name that's going to produce? And that's Robert Woods. I think Robert Woods is very undervalued in general, obviously considerably better in PPR, but if he puts up the same kind of touchdown floor that he had the last couple of years, if he puts up the, that five, six and has, you know, not even, uh, not even positive regression, there, there's a good chance he finishes as a fringe WR1, very strong WR2, and that's great in this range. Uh, round seven. Um, I, I, I like Will Fuller. I think Will Fuller has a very good chance, and we saw bits and pieces of it last night, so it's kind of unfair to say this. Like, oh, yeah, sure, you would have said it before last night, uh, but take the chef's word. He would never lie to you that uh, Will Fuller has a, has a very good chance to move all over the field, be an extremely dynamic route runner, and see that Deshaun Watson dialed in, honed in on WR1, uh, 11 to 15 target floor a week. And I think he's been painted with a broad brush as just a deep threat, and he's much more than that. And if he could stay healthy, I, I don't think uh, eight... 10 and or uh, 8, uh, 101 every week is within shouting distance. So I'm feeling that. I'm absolutely feeling that. Uh, I think Keenan Allen seems like a value here, but that offense is going to be really slow and much worse than we're accustomed to seeing. And it's just going to be a whole lot of Eckler and Tyrod, in my opinion. Um, and Hunter Henry being fully healthy and playing in a contract year is going to soak up some of that. Uh, but just a name of note in that round, feeling that. Round eight, um, J.K. Dobbins could be a league winner. I wholeheartedly believe J.K. Dobbins can win the league. He uh, is in probably the best rushing offense in the NFL. Uh, Mark Ingram is you know, Mark Ingram. And, uh, yeah, J.K. Dobbins was, I, I, he was my favorite running back coming out this year. Liked him much better than Clyde Edward uh, before the landing spots and stuff like that. And he was a lot of people's RB1. And when you're in such a run-heavy offense and you can catch passes, um, I, I think the ceiling's very high. The floor is very low. The floor is very low, but I like the swing at that. Uh, Gallup's nice value here, obviously better in, oh, well, not really, but, uh, yeah, I, I think the, the Cowboys with, uh, McCarthy and Kellen Moore there, they are going to play fast. They're going to play fast and they're going to put up points and Sunday night's going to be our first look at that to have CeeDee Lamb, Gallup and Cooper all in the field at the same time. Um, Blake Jarwin is way, way, way better than Jason Witten, the ghost, the shell, the dust of Jason Witten was last year. Yes, I'm feeling that. 
I'm feeling that in that round. Um, I mean, way too early for Burrow, in my opinion. Uh, Stafford is a nice value there. I have him as like QB5 overall, and he was actually my target for this round uh, and just missed. But uh, yeah, I'm feeling that, feeling that Dobbins. Dobbins upside window. Uh, round nine. Uh, it kind of just like a blah round to me. Just a whole bunch of safe and a whole bunch of floor. And I, I think Tyler Boyd probably is slightly underappreciated. I think Marvin Jones is slightly underappreciated. Um, I've kind of been on the fade Cooks and Lamb train. Christian Kirk's not really my guy. Um, Edelman's fine and safe. Jarvis is fine and safe. And Montgomery's got the ceiling there, so I kind of I kind of like Montgomery and Boyd there, uh, just because those are two guys that you're getting five or six rounds after what their ADP was four months ago and what their ADP was last year, and they both have big pop potential, but they're just suppressed because of new system, new quarterback, whatever, and the Chicago guy is just suppressed because of the injury that. Originally thought would be keeping him out till about week four, but now he looks like he's on track to play this week. I mean, they didn't roster anybody else, didn't add anybody, so they're going into week one with Cordell Patterson and Tariq Cohen and a practice squad guy, uh, or potentially a practice squad call-up guy, but they only have three running backs on the roster, and David's one of them, so I think there's a good chance David Montgomery plays week one and gets 20 carries, and if you're getting 20 carries out of a round nine pick, like, fuck me, right? Um... Round ten, uh, I, I I like I like Antonio Gibson a lot more in PPR formats. I think his name's being thrown out and splashed around a lot, like he's you know RB one and gonna save everybody's season. Uh, his athletic profile's insane. He is an absolute freak. So when you can buy ceiling like that this late, uh, I like that. Um, I'm definitely feeling. I'm feeling a Gibson pop. He's better in PPR, like considerably better in PPR. And I really like Bryce Love as a as a player. I've been all over that guy for years. Um, if he didn't go back to college and tear his ACL in his senior year, he would have been a first-round draft pick, and his whole life is completely different. Um, Zach Moss, almost in the same vein, just got a ceiling there. Uh, Deontay Johnson, people a lot smarter than me are all over him. So there's some some good stuff happening in this round. Uh, Evan Ingram's ceiling is literally his ceiling is is tight end three, tight end four, like something like that. So we're buying a bunch of upside in this round, and uh, just overall just a, a solid solid round from the lads here. But uh, if I had to pinpoint one, I think it'd be it'd be Gibson. I think it would be Gibson or Moss. Uh, obviously leaning running back heavy in, in this format. Uh, but Debo and Johnson, big-time pop. Ingram, big-time pop. I'm, I'm feeling that. Uh, round 11. Uh, another one of these, like, blah rounds. Like, Justin Tucker, like, what the fuck? Whatever, who cares? Like, the variable scoring increase by gaining the best kicker versus the worst is, like, 30 points on the entire season. Like, Round 11, okay, sure. Um, 
is kind of a gross round, but Tyler Higby's like clearly the best pick here. Tyler Higby in the last eight weeks of last season was the eighth best player in fantasy. Period. Dot. End of statement. The eighth highest scoring player in fantasy. And they're shopping Everett, and they're going to play from a base 11 personnel this year, so one less tight end on the field. They're going to have three wide receivers out there with him. He's going to have all the shit underneath, guys stretching field, Cooper Cup running outside. I mean, this guy, Tyler Higby is like the best tight end nobody's talking about. Um, yeah, kind of theft in my opinion. Going much higher in other uh, other leagues. Uh, round 12. Round 12, um, I really like James White here. James White and Sony Michelle, you can both make a case for, uh, especially with uh, Damon Harris being out. Um, Sony Michelle, I mean, fucking keeper alert. Like last year, two years ago, we're thinking of this guy as like a guaranteed floor of like 220 touches and, and 10 scores kind of potential. Um, even if he just plays first and second down, even if his usage is the exact same as CEH was last night and he doesn't play the passing sets and White's out for that and he's out for the two minutes and stuff like that, if he if he has 20 carries a week, getting him in round 12 is insane. Yeah, um, big feels to that one. So nice pick by JB there. Um, moving on, round 13 here. Round 13, um... I kind of like golf. I mean, uh, we saw we saw a lot of guys taking their QB two in this range, and we had Goff, Mayfield, Bridgewater, Tannehill, and Rivers all go in this same round, and it's kind of like take your pick. Um, Goff and Mayfield, uh, definitely fun. I mean, two fast-tempoed offenses with a lot of weapons. And basically, from your quarterback, you're just looking for throws and opportunities. Like, I don't care if they're negative or positive results. You're just looking for quarterbacks on teams that are going to be trailing, that are going to shout out the lights. Like, people lose sight of the fact that, like, you don't need, like, big-name quarterbacks and stuff to do well in fantasy because fantasy is so different than real football. Like, don't need Breeze and Brady. And I'd actually argue that it's, like, bad to have Breeze. Like, like Taysom Hill, they just gave him, like, $15 million or whatever to take out Breeze in the red zone. And there's going to be opportunities where, you know, four or five weeks of this season, they're going to pull him by halfway through the fourth quarter anyways. So you're – and they're a run-heavy offense this year too, or they have been the last two years. Like, it's probably going to continue. But, like – it's just interesting to think of the fantasy value of someone like Jameis Winston last year or Blake Bortles in years prior of these quarterbacks that can finish in like the QB five through 10 range or like Minshew last year, like Minshew as a starter last year, he's like one of five guys that averaged 20 points every time out or something like that. And like the list is like Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, uh, Josh Allen and, or no, Deshaun Watson and Gardner Minshew. And it's just like, because he didn't play the whole year and he's not a household name and he plays on the shitty Jags. It's like, well, actually maybe all those are good things. 
And maybe the fact that they're going to be trailing a lot and their team's bad and their defense is bad and they're going to be out there a lot and they're chasing points, all that shit's like really positive for fantasy and and leads to why like Jameis Winston was so good last year. And it's like, oh yeah, but he had 31 interceptions. It's like, yeah, well, it doesn't fucking matter when you throw for more than when you when you throw for more than 5,000 yards and you have more than 30 touchdowns, it really doesn't matter how many interceptions you have, and it really doesn't matter if your team wins games because this is fucking fantasy. So all that to say that Goff and Baker are both going to be in positions to shoot out the lights and chase some points and, and just be given the ball in free reign. And we're talking about two quarterbacks that were both drafted as I mean, Baker inside the top five last year and Goff inside the top 10 last year. And now you get him in round 13 as your second quarterback. I mean, like, okay, ceiling check. Um, all right, round uh, 14. We're going to we're gonna drew through the rest of these. That's, uh, that's Drew Breeze. A breeze through the rest of them, lads. Uh, round 14, uh, a bunch of handcuffs here. Um, I mean, Chase Edmonds, Tony Pollard have a chance to win leagues but they need injuries in front of them. Um, I mean, the, the, the thing is, they're, the, they're two of the best offensive scenarios with two of the best talents behind them. Um, and a little birdie has told me, a little birdie has told me that Kenyon Drake is actually quite hurt. Uh, one of the high stakes guys that plays in a couple of our contests and whatnot uh, slammed a bet of under 1.5 touches week one for Kenyon Drake and knows that they're going to sign another running back, which is weird because they have Eno Benjamin for four years behind Chase as well and could probably carry the load even if he's hurt. But little birdie, little birdie, and I mean, speaking of which, that little birdie may or may not be Devontae Freeman. And if Devontae Freeman goes to Arizona, that's kind of fun, even though he looked washed as fuck last year. But good pass catching back, um, good veteran presence. Who knows? Maybe uh, maybe he won't comes in week one and takes you know eight it hits six to eight touches away. Um, anyways, uh, I mean this this late in the draft, it's all about upside, and I mean I mean for me, it's always all about upside. But just saying here. Pollard's a league winner. Edmonds a league winner if given opportunity. Uh, Freeman, if he ends up in Chicago or Arizona, is kind of fun, but not not a league winner in my opinion. But uh, still kind of fun. But uh, Jalen Rieger, I mean, this guy was going. He's my favorite pick in this round because this guy was going in the eighth and ninth round about three months ago, and then they have nobody that catches balls for Philadelphia. They literally have Ertz, Ertz, and, and Ertz, and Miles Sanders sometimes. Like they 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 literally have no one. So. Uh, I like Jalen a lot here. Uh, just if, yeah, whatever. He's he's young. He's talented. He's fast. He's good. He's he's their only option. So maybe he pops. Uh, round fifteen. Uh, Hayden Hurst. Hayden Hurst is. Hayden Hurst is really fucking good. He's really athletic. We've never seen it before. Uh, former first round pick. Uh, drafted before Lamar Jackson was uh, by the same team. So give you a little impression of what they thought of him. And now he goes and he fills that Austin Hooper role. And Austin Hooper is, you know, 800 yards, 75 catches, 800 yards, and six touchdowns like fucking clockwork. And that's while missing, you know, three games or missing two games in these windows of time. So big, big upside for Hayden Hurst. Could easily finish as a, you know, top eight 
tight end. And in the 15th round, if you aren't streaming tight end and you just wind up getting Hayden Hurst and he just sits in there all year. I mean, the same can be said for uh, Chris Herndon, but I like Hurst more. Um, Yeah, but I like that. And Preston Williams. Preston Williams was really fucking good. Uh, Like four or five straight games of uh, five and 60 last year which for a rookie wide receiver, pretty good. And team's going to be trailing, playing fast, and Fitzmagic loves to sling it. So uh, for all the same reasons to love Devontae Parker is all the same reasons to love Preston Williams. So that, 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 that's got some potential there. Uh, round 16, just a bunch of defenses and IR stashes and stuff like that. Um, Mike Williams, kind of a fun stash. He'd be much more enjoyable of a stash if Rivers was still there. Damon Harris, uh, was going as early as the seventh round in some high stakes drafts. And now he's just a pure IR stash in the 16th round. Why not? A little bit unfortunate for the Azigbo and the Armstead owners because they were both onto something. They were both like, yeah, here, we're going to look sharp here. We're going to lock up that Jacksonville, uh, backfield in the 16th round. And both of them just landed on IR, which is... Very unfortunate for them because if one of those guys' names just happened to be James Robinson, it's like a pretty sick pick. So uh, just bad luck there. LOL variance, as the kids say. Um, But Boston Scott, Boston Scott in the same vein as talking about Pollard and Edmonds, uh, has league win ceiling written all over him. He finished as a top 20, I think he finished as a top 20 running back each of the last three weeks of last year when Sanders was like kind of hurt. Um, or playing like limited snaps. Uh, Boston Scott's uh, uh, obviously better in PPR, but big, big upside there. So kind of a fun pick. He might just end up on the waiver wire in like two weeks when Miles Sanders, who has a legit chance at being the all-purpose yards leader in the NFL this year, like outside chance, like McCaffrey's like slam dunk favorite. But if I was going to throw down like a 15 to one or like a 20 to one, I'd be slapping some money on, on that one for sure. Like Miles Sanders has a legit chance at that. Um, and if he goes down, like he's already kind of questionable and, and banged up if it, with the hamstring, like Boston Scott could be that guy. So why not? Uh, 17, 18, both like kickers and defenses and, and that nonsense. Uh, so I'll just highlight a couple of position players. Uh, Nikhil Harry, Harry could pop, uh, Bryce love Bryce love is real nice. Um, been harping on him before. So, I mean, if he locks up that backfield, like he could be a ride or die 20 carries a week starter the rest of the year. So feeling that. And then in round 18 with the very last pick of the draft, JB grabbing Paris Campbell could, could be the overall WR one in Indy. Like T Y Hilton isn't exactly a beacon of health. Uh, they got a rookie there. I can't remember his name right now. Um, was it Mims or was Mims with the Jets? Mims is with the Jets. I can't remember the rookie's name right now, but they they uh, they basically have three guys. And Paris Campbell uh, was a big sleeper pick for a lot of guys last year, and this could be his year to pop. Anyways, don't really care about the last couple of rounds. Most of them just end up on the wire of a wire, but he's got a chance to pop. Um, yeah, that's all the Chefs got for you guys this week. Uh, dialed in, enjoy the games. Uh, Hope we have some uh, fun, uh, swingy sweats and a whole lot of chirping in the group chat. Keep the train rolling. Bye-bye.